What is going on, fight fans, man? Welcome back to another episode of Bourbon and Boxing. Once again, I am your host, Jeff, man, and this is episode 10 for my podcast, episode 40 for my YouTube show, man. Not sure if I'm going to load this up to YouTube yet or not, but I'm for sure this is my usual Monday recap and reaction from the fights over the weekend. Of course, we got the boxing year started on Saturday with Virgil Ortiz moving up to 145 and taking on Frederick Lawson after going a year and five months out of the ring with some health issues guys so it was great to get the scene back in the rings but i feel like tony weeks the referee might have robbed us of getting to see a little bit more of virgil even if that fight may not have lasted that long tony weeks jumped in and absolutely killed that fight on uh saturday night and just killed the whole boxing vibe man especially how after we had a pretty amazing upset in the co-main event leading up to the main event so we figured hey you know we got that let's hope we see some good boxing in the main event and uh tony weeks once again the same ref that was in the roly romero and uh barossa fight uh involved in that early stoppage and controversial stoppage in that one once again here not really controversial uh of course you know some blows were landed on uh lawson that had him stunned not really even stunned stunned but had him to where he pushed back a little bit but he was a i felt he was defending himself really really well uh and there was no reason for the stoppage i felt he was weathering the storm of what uh virgil was bringing to him and eventually i think virgil would have got him out of there second third fourth round whatever but i would have liked to seen more rounds and i think it could have went a few more rounds because we've seen it plenty of times guys where a guy gets hurt in the first round and then he comes out and the fight goes 10 12 rounds you know, they managed to get their legs underneath them. They weathered the storm. And now, you know, they're ready to get in and, and fight. And, you know, that's what I felt like we saw uh, that could have possibly. I don't know if it would have went 10 rounds. But, you know, it was stopped too early by Tony Weeks. Uh, once again, I don't know. Uh, now, a friend of, uh, not not a friend of mine, but uh, an associate uh, guy that uh, I associate with on uh, social media had mentioned that he was part of that morale fight where the guy got highly injured in that. So maybe he's a little bit, you know, too hesitant on pulling the trigger on stopping these fights because he's afraid. He said he saw Frederick Lawson's eyes roll back in his head. I didn't see that. I saw a guy defending himself pretty well, put his guard up pretty well, and was trying to weather the storm that Virgil Ortiz was bringing, and Tony Weeks didn't see that. He's in the ring. I'm not. So it's hard for me to question him 100%. Uh, he's a longtime judge, and, you know, you got to respect Tony Weeks, but the two back-to-back bad stoppages on his watch might have to be looked at, man. I don't know uh, what's going on with him or what he might be seeing. But like I said, he is in that ring. Now, the the Barroso, Roley Romero, that was complete crap uh, because even not – I didn't need to be in the ring to see that, you know, Roley Romero's punches weren't even landing on uh, Barroso, and he was not hurt whatsoever. You didn't need to be in the ring to see that. You didn't need to be present to see that you just you see it right there on the television screen so i mean that was a stupid controversial stop this wasn't so much as controversial as it was just too early man and felt like he didn't give lawson the opportunity to weather the storm and fight back man and that's what boxing is about man these guys know getting in a the ring they risk a lot uh, you know they risk their health and uh, like we saw i think right before the new year uh japanese fighter that got extremely hurt ended up in the hospital with a little bit of brain swelling and all that kind of stuff. Boxing is not a game, guys. This is not, like, it's a sport, but it's not a game. You know what I'm saying? It's very deadly. It's a combat sport. Uh, 
uh, physical. So it's a it's a deadly sport, and we can see guys get hurt. So I can see Tony Weeks wanting to protect a fighter from bad damage or something that could really hurt him down the road. But these guys also are built to weather the storm, built to take a beating, built to know how to take a punch and know when they're at risk more than other people do. But uh, So it sucks that we didn't really get to see Virgil or, you know, Virgil showcase what we know Virgil could do or see how how good he looked uh, right now, you know. So after that fight, it was really hard for me to judge him. He looked like, yeah, he looked healthy. That's the first start for Virgil. That was great. Uh, he was throwing his jab well. That's what he kind of stunned him with was a nice little jab, and then he worked. I like, just started throwing a barrage of punches on him. Uh, he looked hungry, no doubt about it. He was ready to go out there, and he, you know, he hasn't done it for a while. It's something this kid loves doing. You can tell he loves doing it. Uh, he lives boxing, so you can tell he was super hungry to get out there and prove himself. He thinks Tony Weeks wasn't wrong for stopping the fight. He said he knew he hurt him with a jab that he didn't even put his all into, so he felt like Tony may have saved him some beatings down the road or and you know further into that fight but i felt that hey boxers are boxers man you gotta let them fight that out you gotta let them see where and how far they can take it it's a it's that that's a part of the sport and uh you know you got to give them an opportunity to go out on their shield in a way instead of you know pulling the trigger so early like i felt tony weeks did but like i said he was in the ring so it's hard for me to 100 percent question this guy uh, as a professional referee, that I'm not a professional referee, guys. I wasn't in the ring, so not sure what he saw. But it sucks that it got stopped early because we just didn't get to see Virgil's full potential. Uh, I tell a lot of people about Virgil, man. He loves to go to the body, and you saw it in this fight in the first round. He will attack the body to open the head and then throw some nice uppercuts and combinations to get you out of there really fast. He is a nice power puncher. Now, after this, he called out Tim Tazoo. That's a big dog to call out at 154. Uh, Tazu is another heavy puncher. I think these guys have very similar styles, but I think Virgil's a little bit better. And it's hard for me to say that he's a better boxer than Tim Tazu. I would have to say maybe he's not a better boxer, but that's a 50-50 fight, 100%. These guys are 50-50, man. Uh, Tim Tazu came out today saying, hey, you know, I'll take, I would take that fight versus Virgil. Let's do that. And Tim is always talking about, fighting the best and that's what he gets so upset about charlo not fighting him stating that hey we're the best why are we not fighting each other at 154 so it's nice to see virgil you know healthy and then maybe this fight with tim can get done and we'll see i I didn't expect virgil to get that big of a fight at 154 that soon but i mean that to me is a great little matchup uh is tim is with top rank so it, I think it'd be hard to get that fight done, uh, in in my opinion, with Tim Tazu, because two different platforms, Matchroom and Top Rank, really haven't worked together. So uh, I mean, we'll see if maybe you know it's twenty twenty four. I talked about platforms possibly working better together. So let's see if that's how that can start. Tim Tazu and uh, Virgil Ortiz getting a fight together. Uh, I think I, if I'm right, Golden Boy has worked with Top Rank, so don't don't quote me on that. I think Golden Boy has worked with Top Rank, so that you know that's a possible fight that can be made, and it's a fight that everybody's going to tune into. Two big heavy hitters, two really good IQs in the ring. I think Virgil's a little bit faster, uh, throws a little bit more punches than Tim does. Uh, so you know how would Tim weather some of those barrage of punches that 
Virgil throws because he likes to throw them, and he throws them heavy too. So he's throwing heavy power punches on top of a barrage of punches. So it's really dangerous, and he goes head, body, 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 and he, he attacks really, really well, man. you got to love Virgil Ortiz, and uh, I love seeing him back in the ring. But like I said, the, the early stoppage sucked. But let's hope we get to see him very soon because that, you know, that fight didn't go a minute, minute and a half maybe. So, you know, he didn't get any tiredness. He didn't get hurt. So we should see him back in the ring. I'm expecting, you know, maybe by April, guys, uh, getting back in there. April or May to fight a guy like Tim Tazoo. That would be really, really nice, guys. Uh, going into... I want to recap some of the undercards now. The undercard co-event in this fight, guys, I think was a big, big at-stake fight, okay? Because it showcased a new signing by Golden Boy. Uh, We've seen him before over in the U.K., O'Hara Davies, uh, a nice young up-and-coming guy. Uh, he's got a couple losses, if I'm right, but still, you know, he's rebounded well since his uh, last couple losses or his last loss. And <clears throat> just signed with Golden Boy, so I thought, okay. And then Isaac uh, Barosa, who he was fighting, was the guy that got robbed by uh, Rolly Ramirez. And this guy's an older guy. He's like 40-plus years old. I don't want to talk too much crap about him. Uh, Grandpa will come and kick my ass, and I'm not no young pump myself, so I can't talk shit about age. But simple as this, he's an older guy. So being 40, you know, people are like, well, maybe that Barosa, that Rolly Romero fight, that was just a bad fight by uh, Romero. Everybody favored. I think Davies was a 5-1 to favorite. Uh, I favored Davies just a little bit, being the younger guy, up and coming. But everybody knows Barosa's a dangerous older fighter, man. He's got a little punch on him. Well, he showcased that in the first round when he put Davies down in the first round uh, with good power punches, good counter power punch that landed on Davey and knocked him down, and then he never really recovered from that. And then from there, Barossa took him out, and then the step, uh, ref stopped him to, to stop the fight. So now that the thing about that was the winner of this fight was supposed to be the mandatory for the WBA title fight against Roley Romero. Now we all know Barossa got cheated out in his last fight against Roley, and he's been calling for that rematch. Now he is the, the mandatory by the WBA to fight Roly Romero. But other news coming up that it leaves a lot in limbo. So that's where I'm going to talk about. I'm going to kind of jump in and mix some things up. I'm going to mix this undercard with the news of the day also. The news of the day being that Ryan Garcia has decided that he wants to opt out of fighting Devin Haney and that he wants to take the Roly Romero fight to go for a belt with the WBA. Teofimo Lopez says this is a great ideal Go get a belt and then go fight Haney, and that makes that a bigger, better fight. Absolutely agree. WBC versus WBA. Who's not going to love that down the road? But here's where the mandatory fight Saturday kind of comes in and throws a monkey wrench in that whole thing because now with Barossa being the mandatory, is it going to be forced that Roley has to fight him? Is a WBA going to force that fight to happen before he can go fight Ryan Gar- Garcia? And then whoever the winner of that is, is who Ryan would have to fight. Okay? That's how it's supposed, that's how it should go. Now, if that happens, then we possibly don't get to see the Devin-Ryan fight this year because Roley going to fight Barossa, and then whoever wins that fight is going to have to, you know, Ryan's going to take the fight against one of those guys to go after that belt. 
maybe. Or maybe he takes a Devin fight if that Roley fight's not available, guys. Now, the thing was is that he went and talked to Floyd Mayweather and uh, had a little weekend with him, whatever, uh, get together with Floyd. They had a talk. Floyd kind of leaned him towards fighting Roley uh, in a way saying, hey, you know, and I think it was the whole belt thing. Go get that belt, and it makes this Haney fight a more lucrative fight that can be sold a little bit better, WBC versus WBA, uh, belts on the line, all that at the 140, uh, two top 140 fighters. Uh, definitely makes it a better selling fight, in my opinion. Uh, my thing is, is what does the WBA do? Do you offer uh, Barossa money, step aside money? Now, when that happens, if I'm correct, you lose your mandatory. So if you do take the step aside money, you lose your mandatory, and he may not ever get a shot at Roly Romero or the title, the WBA title. Am I so? If I'm correct, I'm not for sure. If he takes that step aside money, I think he steps aside from that mandatory and he withdraws from the mandatory, giving that to Ryan. So what will Barossa do? Being 40 years old, I would say take the mandatory versus Roley because who knows when you're going to get that opportunity. You're not like a ho- you could become a household name as the old guy that's out here kicking all these young guys' ass because he is – Barossa is deadly. He is a deadly heavy puncher and he knows how to box, and he's got a great ring IQ, guys. So I don't know how this guy's flown on the radar so long, but he's definitely a sleeper fighter. And, you know, being 40 years old, he's, you know, kind of like Zang, kind of gone under the radar uh, for years. Now he's an older fighter. And this is a different times, guys. Guys fight in their 40s. Guys fight 45. You know what I mean? And they're still – it's just a different world on our health. And when 40s, you know – 40 is not the 40 it was, you know, 30 years ago. 40 is not the 40 it was 50 years ago. You know, we're less wore down. Uh, most of us, you know, most eating, eating better eating habits. You know, just in all together evolution, guys, evolution. It's how, how the world works, evolution, man. We evolve as people. Uh, so, you know, I think life expectancy has gone up, all that kind of stuff. So uh, with Barossa being an older guy, he's not going to get too many opportunities at this WBA belt or an opportunity to rematch Roley or an opportunity to ever fight a guy like Ryan Garcia, right? So if he says, no, I'm not taking that step-aside money, I think that there's a monkey wrench in this whole thing that Ryan has planned. Ryan has made a plan for himself, but he's got to realize that there's also rules to boxing. And this is where I come in to talk about re- boxing reform, having same, uh, because the WBA is the type where they're going to say, we're going to take the money fight, Ryan versus Roley, over, you know, Roley versus Barossa. But I think to boxing fans, the fight we want to see, excuse me there, folks, the fight we want to see, I want to see Roley versus Barossa because I think Barossa can beat him. And then I want to see Barossa versus Ryan Garcia. All right? And let Barossa have his chance. He's 40 years old. He doesn't have a lot of time left. Don't rip him off. We see that he is a good fighter. He's become the mandatory, giving that opportunity to go after that belt and get the fight of his lifetime, get the payday of his lifetime, and then retire from this sport of boxing, man, uh, as he would deserve, absolutely. Um, was amazing what he did to O'Hara Davis. He showcased in that first round his power. He's talked about he's always had that power. You know what I mean? It's always been there. That's one big part of his game is his power. So I hopefully he gets 
and takes that mandatory versus Roley. But here's the only problem with if he does, it throws a monkey wrench with what Ryan Garcia has plans to do. Fight Roley, get a belt, then go fight Haney and make that more of a lucrative fight. But in that meantime, that gap time that Ryan has his plans, what does Devin do? And does Devin's team even go back to negotiating with Ryan after Ryan took off the nego- took off took everything off the table after being the one who went after the fight originally, had his team contact Devin's team and it all started from there. So does Devin Haney and his team even go back to an offer to fight Ryan Garcia? Of course, if the money's right, money talks, bullshit walks, we know that. And he's going to probably take that fight, in my opinion, guys. Uh, so that's where this, that's what made Saturday really, really exciting because there was more on the line down the road than what I think people realized with Barossa winning that fight over uh, Davies was it put, it just absolutely, and the monkey wrench, the monkey, it threw, uh, you ever been, you know, riding your bike and somebody tried to throw a stick in your freaking tire or something and then, and then you go flying off. That's what Barossa just did to boxing at the 140 division right now. He threw a monkey wrench in the whole plan for Golden Boy and uh, Ryan Garcia and Roley, who Roley's like, I'll take a Ryan fight any day. But Roley's, Roley better, I think Roley done packed his things up and who knows where he's at right now, but he better run because, you know, old man Barossa, he's coming for you. You, you got on, he told you to stay off his line. He warned you. Stay off my line. Get off my line. Well, you ain't listening and he has to come out and whoop your ass. Now you're trying to run from him every time you go down that, you, you go around the corner now, you don't even go down that street anymore. That's Roley. He don't want any part of Barossa. I absolutely believe that. And he'll do whatever he do, has to do. If that, like, you're not going to get the Ryan fight, in my opinion, without that WBA belt. So if the WBA decides to be like the WBF, who's like, nah, if you don't fight your mandatory, we're taking your belt. That's not the way it works. But we know that the WBA, WBC, WBO, they all work a little bit different. Uh, IBF, all these guys work a little bit different, guys. So each committee has their own rules, and that's the wild, wild west of boxing. Uh, is that there's not real one committee that controls that and it makes those mandatories happen because, in my opinion, Barossa absolutely deserves this fight that's mandatory. He shouldn't have to take step-aside money because who knows what. Now, the only way I take step-aside money is if it's a guarantee that I fight the winner of this fight, right? So that, once again, that also hurts uh, Ryan's opportunity of fighting Devin this year or that fight happening. So, I mean, we're going to see what happens, man. We thought possibly Devin uh, versus Ryan fight was going to happen. I, But that's what is that's boxing, guys. You're going to get a lot of rumors and a lot of talk, but a lot of things do not happen until you see a weigh-in, uh, you know, a press conference, a pre-fight conference, all that kind of stuff. And these guys in the ring, it's hard to take word of mouth in, in the sport of boxing, guys. So with that being said, man, that, that was how Saturday kind of played out. Of course, we saw Arthur Bar- uh, uh, Barboza do his thing uh, on Saturday. Also, putting his name in the hat at 140, man. Who's next for this guy? I think that would be a great fight for Devin Haney to take in the meantime while waiting on a uh, Ryan fight or possibly a Teofimo Lopez fight. Now, if he wants to wait for Teo, that would be a hell of a fight too. But Teo also mentioned on a show today that he wouldn't mind fighting Ryan 
are are Crawford. And I said that last year that with him being him with Teofimo Lopez getting the super belt title, super champ title, that allows him to move up to 147 welterweight and not lose his belt or any consequences for not fighting any mandatories at his division at 140. So now he can move up to the welterweight at 147 and take on the title and become the automatic mandatory up there also. So he would be the automatic mandatory for Crawford at 147. And that would be a great money fight. Now, I would favor Crawford in that. Uh, He's a tough, tough fighter, man. But anytime Teo's at the top of his game, he's a really tough fight. I think it would be a very fun, very entertaining fight. And I think Crawford would have a lot of fun with that fight. So would Teo and the fans also. That would be great to see, and it's great to see Teo out there saying, "Hey, these are the, that's what I want." Everybody knows Teo's a big fight guy. He'll take the big fights anytime you want to bring him to him. Uh, he'll come to your house, your backyard. Uh, he's he's always proven that. So let's see if that happens. But I'd also maybe him and Devin at 140. I don't really know why these two guys aren't really entertaining that ideal because that's a big super fight to me. Devin Haney versus Teofimo Lopez. Maybe they want to make it a unification fight. They want to get all the belts lined up and then make that fight happen uh, to where it has way more meaning. So let's see how that happens down the road. But like I said, we got to see Barboza, who I think could be Devin Haney's next matchup. Uh, would be a good matchup for Subaru Mateus also. Uh, uh, I think a lot of people sleep on Arthur Baboza, so don't sleep on him, guys. Uh, he's he's that guy at 140. 140 is a super stock division right now, guys. Uh, we also got news that the Wilder versus Zhang on the undercard of the Anthony Joshua versus uh, Francis Ngane fight, that has that is in negotiations now, and in the terms of that negotiation, it said that if Wilder beats Zhang, then he will be Anthony Joshua. And, and Anthony Joshua wins, then the Anthony Joshua-Wilder fight will happen next. So there's a lot to, once again, these guys, Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder, I think they really, really want to fight each other. But I think Saudi Arabia wants that fight built up correctly. They want these guys to be coming in off wins. Of course, Joshua's on a three-fight win streak, uh, looking great. He's going to take on a very dangerous puncher in Francis Ngane, but he has a little bit of tape on Ngane, and I think he will be victorious in that fight. I've been wrong, guys. I've been wrong before. Uh, I was wrong about Wilder Parker. Picked Wilder in that fight. Completely wrong. Uh, But if that happens, you know, and Wilder comes in and beats Zhang, and I don't know if if Wilder fights like he did against Parker, Zhang is going to hem him up. Zhang has got a lot more arsenal to his game in boxing. He has a great uppercut, great combination, overhand punches. He is very dangerous when he gets to throwing those punches. And if Deontay Wilder isn't coming to fight, then Zhang's going to kick his ass. Now, I'm wondering why Zhang's not being offered the Joshua fight. If Joshua wins and Zhang wins, why doesn't Zhang get that fight? Once again, Zhang's an older guy at 40. He doesn't have a lot of time left, given an opportunity getting those two wins against Joe Joyce, who I do think is highly overrated. I always said that he should have to rematch Hergovic, and then the winner of uh, Zhang versus Hergovic 2 should get the Anthony Joshua fight. But I would like to see Zhang and Hergovic fight a second time. That was a really good fight overall between those two big guys. Uh, also, let's see what other news I got. I don't know how much more news I got for you guys, man. Uh, of course, like I told you, Tim DeZu said he would entertain a fight against uh, Virgil Ortiz. At 154, he welcomes the man to the division. 
and would love that fight and wants to get it together. So let's hope that does happen. That's good news right there. Let's go over this week's fight schedule for January 13th. We have Arthur Betterbeev versus Colum Smith going on Saturday night. That fight details it's going to be January 13th, Saturday, starting about 10 p.m. Eastern time, a later start time. Uh, it's uh, going to be on ESPN slash Sky Sports. It's going to be located in Videotron Center, uh, Quebec City, Canada. So that fight's going to be up there in Canada. Uh, that's going to be on Saturday night. Now everybody knows Better Beef is a nice, good fighter. If he can win against a guy like Colin Smith, we can possibly get a uh, Baval versus Better Beef fight going on later this year also. So there's a lot to just these fights right now, not just these guys get in the ring, but what's at stake if they can win and who they can possibly fight down the road and the matchups that we can have. It's all depending on these guys being victorious on how these matchups are going to come down the road. Like I said with the uh, Barbosa win, it threw a little monkey wrench in there on these guys on how they're going to handle this 140 mandatory WBA situation, if he's going to take step aside money, or is he going to fight Roley and then Ryan's just going to have to wait in line if he wants to fight Roley, or he's going to go have to take that Devin fight I mean, it's gonna, there's going to be options out there for him, but he's going to have to make a choice. Either wait or go ahead and go fight Devin without a belt. I think with a belt makes it more lucrative, a better fight. So I would agree with him going and getting a belt. But, hey, guys, once again, man, thank you for joining me for my recap and reaction Monday show. Like I said, episode 10 on my podcast, episode 40 on my YouTube channel, man. Once again, thank you guys for joining me, man. I hope to see you guys on Friday where I'm going to break down Friday's fight, Better Beef versus Colin Smith, and we're going to look into what that fight's going to bring us later on down the road. Hopefully we got a little bit more boxing news going on, and uh, you know I'm waiting for the schedules, more main events to start coming along. Hopefully Pro Box TV has some boxing on Wednesday. I haven't seen them in a while. Hopefully they're going to put a fight on this Wednesday and we can get some Wednesday boxing, guys. I am fiending for boxing, only getting my one main event. A week right now is crappy, but guess what? You can always go to Tubi, go to Top Rank Channel, and get 24-hour. I've been watching. God, I've watched. Uh, fucking, I've watched at least six fights already today, guys. Nonstop, just had it playing on my TV while I was cleaning up. This is my day off work, so you know, Tubi TV, guys. It's completely free, and you got a Top Rank 24-hour boxing channel on there, man. I've been watching Floyd Mayweather, uh, Cotto, uh I mean, just nonstop uh, Oscar De La Hoya was on there, you know, uh, Julio Cesar Chavez. I mean, just some great fighters, fights on today that I was watching on there. Tubi keep, just keeps it going, man. I just keep it running in the background. So until I can get me some more main cards going on on the week until it starts to get up there. But like I said, guys, thank you for joining me for this episode. Don't forget to follow me on Spotify, iHeart, or Amazon Music. Also, subscribe to my channel on YouTube support me so I can get more content out there and I can go out and I can do bigger and better things and bring you more stuff to bourbon and boxing so that we can make this your number one channel for boxing guys thank you once again have a great day man my name's Jeff